book first chapter eight of a day of fate by edward p rowe this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by like many waters book first chapter eight the mystery of mysteries is it a task then to show me the right paths and proper ways i asked as we strolled away leaving ada looking as if in her curiosity to know more of the new species a night editor she wished silas jones in the depths of the dead sea that may depend on how apt and interesting a scholar you prove i'm a teacher you know and teaching some of my scholars is drudgery and others a pleasure so i'm put on my good behavior at once you ought to be on your good behavior anyway this is sunday yes and june if a man is not good now he'll never be and yet such people as mrs yocomb nor will i accept present company make me aware that i am not good far from it i am glad mrs yocomb made just that impression on you why because it proves you are a better man than your words suggest and what is of more consequence a receptive man i should have little hope for any one who came from a quiet talk with mrs yocomb in a complacent mood or merely disposed to indulge in a few platitudes on the sweetness and quaintness of her character and some sentimentalities in regard to friends if the depths of one's nature were not stirred then i would believe that there were no depths she is doing me much good and giving me just the help i needed i can honestly say that she did utter one sentence that did find soundings in such shallow depths as exist in my nature and i ought to be a better man for it hereafter she may have found you dreadfully bad mr morton but i saw from her face that she did not find you shallow if she had you would not have touched her so deeply i touched her yes women understand each other something you said but do not think i'm seeking to learn what it was moved her sympathies oh she's kind and sympathetic toward every poor mortal very true but she's intensely womanly and a woman is incapable of a benevolence and sympathy that are measured out by the yard so much to each one according to the dictates of judgment you were so fortunate as to move mrs yocomb somewhat as she touched your feelings and you have cause to be glad for she can be a friend that will make life richer i think i can now recall what excited her sympathies and may tell you some time that is if you do not send me away i send you away yes i told you that you were the one obstacle to my remaining she looked at me as if perplexed and a little hurt i did not reply at once for her countenance was so mobile so obedient to her thought and feeling that i watched its varied expressions with an interest that constantly deepened in contrast to ada yocomb's her face was unusually pale and yet it had not the sickly pallor of ill health but the clear transparent complexion that is between the brunette and the blonde her eyes were full and the impression of largeness when she looked directly at you was increased by a peculiar outward curve of their long lashes whether her eyes could be called blue i could not yet decide and they seemed to darken and grow a little cold as she now looked at me but she merely said quietly i do not understand you this was your chosen resting-place for the summer was it not miss warren yes well then what right have i an entire stranger to come blundering along like a june beetle and disturb your rest 
you did not look forward to associations with night editors and like disreputable people when you chose this sheltered nook of the world and nestled under mrs yocomb's wing you have the prior right here as i spoke her face so changed that it reminded me of the morning of this eventful day when i first looked out upon its brightness and as i ceased her laugh rang out heartily so after all your fate is in my hands it is you have preempted this claim suppose i am a little non-committal and should say you may spend the evening you may stay till to-morrow would you be content no indeed but i would have to submit well this is rich who ever heard of an editor and the shrewd alert night editor at that in such a dilemma do you realize what an unwise step you have taken mr yocomb justly complimented your shrewdness in getting mrs yocomb on your side and having won her over you were safe and might have remained in this eden as long as you chose now you place it within the power the caprice even of an utter stranger to send you out into the wilderness again i said with a smile i am satisfied that you differ from your mother eve in one respect ah in what respect you are not the kind of woman that causes banishment from eden you know very little about me mr morton i know that she smiled and looked pleased in spite of herself i think i'll let you stay till till to-morrow she said with an arch side glance then added with a laugh what nonsense we are talking as if you had not as good a right to be here as i have i beg your pardon i spoke in downright sincerity you found this quiet place first in a large hotel all kinds of people can meet almost as they do on broadway but here we must dwell together as one family and i feel that i have no right to force on you any association without your leave especially as you are here alone in a certain sense i introduce myself and compel you to meet me socially without your permission you may have formed a very different plan for your summer's rest it is rather rare for a music teacher to receive so much consideration it bewilders me a little pardon me i soon discovered that you possessed woman's highest rank indeed am i a princess in disguise you are more than many princesses have been a lady and as i said before you are here alone she turned and looked at me intently and i felt that if i had not been sincere she would have known it it was a peculiar and i eventually learned a characteristic act i am now inclined to think that she saw the precise attitude of my mind and feeling toward her but my awakening interest was as far removed from curiosity as is our natural desire to have a melody completed the opening strains of which are captivating her face quickly lost its aspect of grave scrutiny and she looked away with a slight accession of color do you want to stay very much she asked miss warren i exclaimed and my expression must have been eager and glad you looked at me then as you would at a doubtful stranger and your glance was searching you looked as only a woman can as one who would see her way rather than reason it out now tell me in sincerity what you saw you know from my manner what i saw she said smiling and blushing slightly no i only hoped i have not a woman's eyesight she bit her lip contracted her wide low brow for a moment then turned and said frankly i did not mean to be rude in my rather direct glance even though a music teacher i have had compliments before and i have usually found them as empty and insincere as the people who employed them 
i am somewhat alone in the world mr morton and i belong to that class of timid and rather helpless creatures whose safety lies in their readiness to run to cover i have found truth the best cover for me situated as i am i aim to be just what i seem neither more nor less and i am very much afraid of people who do not speak the truth especially when they are disposed to say nice things and you saw i saw that as bad as you are i could trust you she said laughing a fact that i was glad to learn since you are so bent on forcing your society upon us all for a time thank heaven i exclaimed i thought yesterday that i was bankrupt but i must have a little of the man left in me to have passed this ordeal had i seen distrust in your eyes and consequent reserve in your manner i should have been sorely wounded no she replied shaking her head when a man's character is such as to excite distrust he could not be so sorely wounded as you suggest i'm not sure of that i said i think a man may know himself to be weak and wicked and yet suffer greatly from such consciousness why should he weakly suffer why not simply do right i can endure a certain amount of honest wickedness but there is a phase of moral weakness that i detest and for a moment her face wore an aspect that would have made any one wronging her tremble for it was pure strong and almost severe i do believe i said that men are more merciful to the foibles of humanity than women you are more tolerant perhaps ah there's dapple and she ran to meet the spirited horse that was coming from the farmyard reuben driving sat confidently in his light open wagon and his face indicated that he and the beautiful animal he could scarcely restrain shared equally in their enjoyment of young healthful life i was alarmed to see miss warren run forward since at the moment dapple was pawing the air a second later she was patting his arched neck and rubbing her cheek against his nose he looked as if he liked it well he might oh reuben she cried i envy you i haven't seen a horse in town that could compare with dapple the young fellow was fairly radiant as he drove away she looked after him wistfully and drew a long sigh ah she said they do me good after my city life there's life for you mr morton full overflowing innocent life in the boy and in the horse existence motion is to them happiness it seems a pity that both must grow old and weary my hand fairly tingles yet from my touch of dapple's neck he was so alive with spirit what is it that animates that great mass of flesh and blood bone and sinew making him so strong yet so gentle at a blow he would have dashed everything to pieces but he is as sensitive to kindness as i am i sometimes half think that dapple has as good a right to a soul as i have perhaps you are inclined toward turkish philosophy and think so too i should be well content to go to the same heaven that receives you and dapple you are very fearless miss warren thus to approach a rearing horse her answer was a slight scream and she caught my arm as if for protection at the moment i spoke a sudden turning in the lane brought us face to face with a large matronly cow that was quietly ruminating and switching away the flies she turned upon us her large mild juno-like eyes in which one might imagine a faint expression of surprise but nothing more my companion was trembling and she said hurriedly please let us turn back or go some other way why miss warren i exclaimed what is the matter that dreadful cow cows are my terror i laughed outright as i said 
now is the time for me to display courage and prove that an editor can be the knight-errant of the age upon my soul miss warren i shall protect you whatever horn of this dilemma i may be impaled upon then advancing resolutely toward the cow i added madam by your leave we must pass this way at my approach the dreadful cow turned and ran down the lane to the pasture-field in a gait peculiarly feminine now you know what it is to have a protector i said returning i'm glad you're not afraid of cows she replied complacently i shall never get over it they are my terror there is one other beast i said that i am sure would inspire you with equal dread i know you are going to say a mouse well it may seem very silly to you but i can't help it i'm glad i wasn't afraid of dapple for now you can think me a coward only in streaks it does appear to me irresistibly funny that you who alone and single-handed have mastered this great world so that it is under your foot should have quailed before that inoffensive cow which is harmless as the milk she gives a woman mr morton is the mystery of mysteries the one problem of the world that will never be solved we even do not understand ourselves for which truth i am devoutly thankful i imagine that instead of a week as mr yocomb said it would require a lifetime to get acquainted with some women i wish my mother had lived i'm sure that she would have been a continuous revelation to me i know that she had a great deal of sorrow and yet my most distinct recollection of her is her laugh no earthly sound ever had for me so much meaning as her laugh i think she laughed when other people would have cried there's a tone in your laugh that has recalled to me my mother again and again this afternoon i hope it is not a source of pain she said gently far from it i replied memories of my mother give me pleasure but i rarely meet with one to whom i would even think of mentioning her name i do not remember my mother she said sadly come i resumed hastily you admit that you have been dull and lonely to-day look at that magnificent glow in the west so assuredly ended in brightness the lives of those we loved however clouded their day may have been at times this june evening so full of glad sounds is not the time for sad thoughts listen to the robins to that saucy oriole yonder on the swaying elm branch beyond all hear that thrush can you imagine a more delicious refinement of sound let us give way to sadness when we must and escape from it when we can i would prefer to continue up this shady lane but it may prove too shadowy and so color our thoughts suppose we return to the farmyard where mr yocomb is feeding the chickens and then look through the old garden together you are a countrywoman for you have been here a week and so i shall expect you to name and explain everything at any rate you shall not be blue any more to-day if i can prevent it you see i am trying to reward your self-sacrifice in letting me stay till to-morrow you are so considerate that i may let you remain a little longer what is that fable about the camel if once he gets his head in he next puts his foot in it is the sequel perhaps she replied with the laugh that was becoming to me like a refrain of music that i could not hear too often End of Book First, Chapter 8